Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. The Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, let's open them to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. Luke 16, verse 19. Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Amen. Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the anointed word of God. Lord, let it go forth and accomplish the wonderful will of God right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, let every heart and mind be open to receive it, God, and help us to receive it and love it. Amen. And revere it as the awesome, uh, inspired uh, Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and you may be seated. So great to have all of our guests with us. So nice nice to see you. If you haven't been here for a while or if it's your first time, so good to see everybody. Amen. And we want to see you again. Praise God. I want to preach on the subject... Are you persuaded? Amen. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Are you persuaded? Amen. You know, there are countless stories and accounts of people dying and coming back to life. People that were clinically dead, 
they came back to life to tell of incredible things they experienced while they were dead. These accounts are both good and bad, positive and negative, about heaven and about hell. Amen. Now, some, you know, people think, well, you know, how can we, can we really believe these people? You know, you just have to take it, you know, uh, take it or leave it uh, and, and just see, go with your gut, I guess. But there are, there are quite a few stories that, you know, kind of lend to the possibility that maybe these people did experience something or see something, amen, while they were clinically dead, whether it be uh, was a, a seconds or a few moments or whatever. Several books have actually been written about the, the experiences that people had about hell when they were clinically dead. One was called To Hell and Back. That uh, One, one uh, psychologist uh, uh, kind of interviewed all these people and uh, he wrote down their accounts, and he verified that they, you know, were all, uh, you know, actually dead and uh, came back to life, and so that it was their stories. And another book written, I died and came back from hell. Uh, I have a book in my office. Uh, this man didn't die, but it, it's called "23 Minutes in Hell," um, and this man, for 23 minutes, he blacked out or something. And he was in one part of his house, and he woke up 23 minutes of a late, later in another part of his house. And he had such a vivid vision of hell, and he wrote it down in this book, and it's very compelling. Um, and uh, there's also another book called uh, A Divine Revelation of Hell. When it was a, this, this person had several visions of hell that they received, and they wrote, uh, this person wrote about them in this book. I remember back in... The uh, early mid '80s, uh, there was an evangelist that came by our church, and he preached on a subject called visions of hell. And he had a vision of hell, and he uh, he preached about it that uh, that Sunday night. And uh, it was a very powerful and compelling sermon, and uh, really moved the congregation. It was uh, uh, so real and so vivid. And so detailed of what he spoke of. Amen. And you know, there, with all of this said, there's really no way to tell how many people have been impacted you know, positively to make a move toward God because of these books or these sermons or such like. I'm sure there have been some, for sure. Amen. But as we see in the story of uh, this uh, rich man and Lazarus. Now, this is not categorized as a parable uh, because a parable is a story, uh, a, a fictional story that Jesus kind of just used to uh, kind of an object lesson. N- names were never named in parables, and it was all t- just things about they, they understood and they could relate to the sower of the seed, the shepherd and the sheep, you know, the lost coin, the par- prodigal son. The, uh, the, the, the keeper of the vineyard, you know, the, the fishermen and, uh, and so forth, and the nets, they all underst- they understood all of those stories. Amen. But this was not a parable because it was about a certain rich man and a man named Lazarus. Not to be confused with the other Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. This is a different guy. Amen. This was somebody that we didn't hear about until this time. And... Uh, and so 
This rich man, this, he didn't even give any account. So obviously this man didn't have, though he had riches, he, did, he was not rich toward God. He did not care about his fellow man. This poor beggar Lazarus was at his doorstep and, and at his front gate, just, just wanting a little morsel, a little help, a little handout. He, he, just had to, he, he, he was just a bother to him. He would step over him and so forth. So both of them died, and Lazarus went to a place that was called Abraham's bosom and father Abraham, which was just another way of saying it was a place of paradise. And father Abraham is God, of course, in this, uh, this story. Amen. And, uh, and the rich man died, and he went to a place of torment. And somehow he was able to see and, and speak to Father Abraham and said, Hey, tell Lazarus to come over here and, and dip to his finger uh, on my, in the water and just cool my tongue. I, I'm tormented in this flame. He said, No, you can, nobody can come over there from here and you can't come over here from there. Amen. It's, there's, 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 there's no way to do that. He said, Well, then send Lazarus back. Make him come back to life and go to my house. Amen. I have five brothers that are still alive and I don't want them to have this same fate Please tell him to go testify of this place and testify, amen, to, to, so that they will not come here, amen. And uh, Father Amos said, hey, they have uh, Moses and the prophets. You know, let them hear them. He said, nay, Father Abraham, but if somebody comes from the, from the dead, amen, you know. But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He was just sure of it. And then God said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Amen. See, a lot of people are waiting for something like that, maybe. Maybe they're, they're waiting for some kind of wow factor to get them to make a move toward God. Amen. But let me tell you something. The greatest wow that we have, amen, is called the Bible. Praise God. The greatest thing, amen, that is in our possession and in possession of anybody. It's just right in the grasp of anybody electronically, amen, or anywhere you can buy it. You can give it away, amen, is the Bible, the, the uninfallible Word of God. That's the greatest wow factor. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, they're not going to listen to someone coming back from the dead. Sure they will. They'll say, man, we knew we, we went to his funeral. Now he's alive and talking about a scary place. We don't want to go there. It, you know what? It doesn't move people like you think it does. Amen. Amen. Especially in the day we live in, it definitely doesn't move people. Amen. Jesus performed many legitimate and verifiable miracles, including raising several people from the dead, but it did not cause all those religious leaders to change their ways and repent and call Him Messiah. Amen. It did not cause a lot of people. Amen. We find in the Bible that thousands followed Jesus in His short three and a half year ministry. Amen. Thousands. Remember one time He fed 5,000 men, not including their, their wives and kids, with one little boy's lunch. Amen. And so, well, how many people is that? That's maybe that, when you add up the wives and kids, that could have been 10, 15,000 people. And there was thousands that followed him and listened to him at the Sermon on the Mount. And so at the end of his 33 and a half years, amen, and after he was crucified, what it boiled all down to 120 people left in the upper room. Amen. 
And they had Jesus right there. They saw the miracles with their own eyes. And yet, they, did, they walked away from the Word. Amen. Only 120. Praise God. Hallelujah. Many people who, when confronted with a legitimate miracle, refuse to accept it, believe it, and change as a result. We see Pharaoh, amen, with the Egyptian bondage. Moses comes, let my people go. And it took ten plagues for him to finally do it. But he just, everyone that went by, he didn't do it. Amen. You would think, man, right off the bat, you turn blood, the water to blood, okay. Or you turn this stick to his thing, okay. This is the power of God. I've got to change. The man that was born blind in John chapter 9... Amen. The, the Pharisees, they, they interviewed him. They interviewed the parents. Amen. And, and they, they verified that he was born blind and that a legitimate miracle had happened and Jesus did it and they didn't believe Jesus. Amen. We got the word, folks. Amen. When all the dust settled, we got the word. Amen. When all the hype is gone, we got the word. Hey, amen. The word is what's going to ground, ground us. The word is what's going to save us. Amen. Hold on to the Word. Because our emotions go like this. But the Word is solid. The Word is never changing. Amen. We see in the book of Revelation, when God starts pouring out in chapter 16, He starts pouring out the vials of the wrath of God uh, on the earth. Uh, amen. And on specific people that are worshiping the, the beast and the image and so forth uh, uh, that we read about. When the fourth vial is poured out and the sun is given extra power to scorch men, they repented not to give Him glory. Amen. If that would happen, why don't they change their ways? This is time to wake up and smell the coffee. Amen. Maybe there might be some hope. Let's change. Let's repent. They didn't. Revelation 16.11, the fifth vial, pains and sores uh, uh, took, took place as a result of this vial. And they repented not of their deeds. If they would have just said, okay, God, have mercy. Who knows what would have happened? We got the word, folks. The word. Amen. We're not going to stand before God and, and we're not going to be judged by miracles. We're not going to be judged by, by signs and wonders. We're not going to be judged by this or that. Whether we believe somebody coming back from the dead, we're going to, be, we're going to be, have to be persuaded that we stood by the Word of God. And it's the Word of God that will be there. And we're standing by the seventh vial. It was poured out in huge hailstones, like 100-pound hailstones. Amen. Fell down on earth. And what did men do? They didn't say, cry to God. Say, okay, Lord, shut off the hailstones. We're sorry. No, men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. Amen. Praise God. So it boils down to 120 people after all that ministry in the upper room. But that's okay. Amen. Because Peter got up on that first day of Pentecost, chapter 2, after the Spirit was poured out, he preached one sermon. He got the Word. He talked about Moses and the prophets, so to speak. Amen. And 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. Praise God. So I'm telling you, it's the Word of God that adds to the church the power of God. Amen. These days, people have become so numb to these types of stories. 
because of, I think, just the day we're living in and, and uh, you know, just, just whatever, everything that's going, just the, you know, the shock factor and the overstimulation of all of our senses when it comes to video games and this and that and, and movies and TV and so forth, that what they're putting out, amen, programs that put, and movies that push the envelope and shock the senses of the viewers and, and uh, each new movie or episode designed to outshock uh, the previous one with the goal of striking more fear in the hearts by sensationalizing horror and gratuitous violence. Amen. People are getting numb to sensational things like that. Amen. And somebody comes back from the dead. Yeah, sure. What's a, that's boring. We, we saw something greater over here. Amen. We got the word. Amen. The word will never lose its luster. The word will never lose its power. Amen. It's drawing. Amen. It's longing. It, it, it's what really gets us. Amen. It's what grounds us and establishes us. We got to get on the word. The solid foundation. Amen. This generation's fixation on zombies and vampires. Is it any wonder that somebody really coming back from the dead would tell about a terrible place? Amen. With a compelling story that wouldn't even phase them. And they would just kind of go, ah, yeah, whatever. Too many people want signs and wonders before they'll make their move toward God. But let me tell you something. Signs and wonders will come after the Word of God. Signs and wonders will come to confirm the Word of God. Amen. Signs will come when the Word of God is being preached and being taught and being lived. Amen. And then God puts His stamp of approval. Amen. This is the right way. Follow it. Are you persuaded? That God's Word is everything in this life. It's what we need. Praise God. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the Word with signs following. Amen. Signs following the Word. Confirming the Word of God. The word that the apostles were preaching and teaching. Amen. He'll confirm. God will work with somebody that stands on the word. God will be sitting beside somebody that stands on the word. Amen. The word of God is what we have. Amen. Some people, they want all spirit and all feeling without the word. And some people want all the word without any kind of spirit. we got to have both. Praise God. Because the letter kills, but the spirit makes alive. we got to have the word, and we got to have the spirit that goes with it. we got to have the praise and the word. we got to have the word and the miracles. we got to have it all. Amen. But we're not after just signs and wonders. And I'm not going to move until I see something. No, you got the word. Believe it. You believe it and you'll see it. Not, not I'll, I'll, I'll see it, you know, when I, when I'll believe it when I see it. No, you'll see it when you believe it. Amen. The anointed word of God is what we really need. 
James 1 verse 21 said, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Amen. God's word will convict us and keep us from sin. God's word will clean us up like nothing else will. The washing of the water of the word, Ephesians said. God's word will light our path and guide our way. God's word is really, amen, the road map to heaven, praise God. And that's what we got to stand on. It doesn't matter what you're going through or how far gone you think you might be. The Word of God can help you if you allow it to. It can. Amen. Amen. Where grace abounds, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Hallelujah. The Word of God, amen, has cracked some tough nuts over, over, the, over the course of time. Some tough rocks. And the word of God is cracked. Amen. Ezekiel 37. It, it, it talks about a valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel is ushered into this valley through a vision. And he sees a valley full of dry bones. Amen. And, and, and the voice from God says, What do you see, Ezekiel? I see a bunch of dry bones. And he said, Well, can these bones live? Amen. And Ezekiel said, you know, you know, like, you're, you're doing all the talking. You know, like, I don't know. He goes, you know, thou knowest. And he said, I want you to preach to the bones. Now, this seems like pointless, God. They're dead. Preach to the bones. These bones were not just near dead. These bones were not people that just died. These bones were in that valley. They looked like they'd been in there for decades. They were parched. They were dry. They were starting to deteriorate. It was like far gone. And he said, no, no, don't let your eyes deceive you. The word of God is all you need. Amen. Preach the word to those bones. And you let me do the miracles. And, I, and he said, I want you to preach. And, he, and again, he, said, he said, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And he started preaching to the bones. Amen. And a wonderful thing happened. Praise God. These bones started moving around. And then they started like getting, jumping together. And they started going and the skeletons started putting themselves back together. And then there was, there was the, the, the sinews and, and the muscles and the tendons and the tissues and the skin came back on. But they were standing and they still looked all kind of like standing dead. Amen. And then he said, now prophesy to the wind and tell the wind to come down here because the wind's like the spirit. And he preached and the spirit came and gave them all life. Praise God. And from the first time he saw that valley until that wind came through, it was a huge change. Amen. But he, it was the word of God that made the change. It wasn't someone coming back from the dead. It wasn't some far flung this or that. Amen. It was the word of God. Praise God. Amen. Preaching will change people. Preaching will change people. God told Jeremiah in 2329 of Jeremiah, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Amen. Praise God. His word is like a fire. 
Amen. God will baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. And it's like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Amen. Praise God. So sometimes we're preaching up here. Amen. And God's doing some hammering. Amen. I've seen congregations over my time of preaching over the last few decades. Amen. And I've seen, I've seen kind of rocks of Gibraltar sitting on the pews. Yeah, they're not even moving, you know. It's like a statue or whatever. Amen. You just preach the word. It's like a fire and it's like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Amen. Because what, what, that, what that rock of Gibraltar has a problem with is a stony heart. Amen. But the hammer breaks the, that rock up. It breaks that stony heart because we got to break up the fallow ground and the word of God will do it. Amen. we got to break that. God will take the stony heart and put a heart of flesh in there. Amen. That's what a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. He will bless. He'll be able to move and let the Word of God get down in there. Amen. The Word of God will even do something on stony ground. But in the end... It'll be the word of God that we'll be judged by. Amen. It's the word of God that we're judged by in the end. Praise God. It won't be like somebody, you know, hey, I'm going to need somebody to stand with me. Who's going to stand with me and explain to God why I need to be going through those gates? Like, you just speak for me, okay? You're like, I, you know, a defense attorney or something. I, I need somebody over here. Amen. But it's going to be us standing by ourselves, Us with our life. Amen. And you know what's going to be there to compare it to? You know what's going to be there right in front of us? It's not going to be someone came back from the dead with a story. It's not going to be that sensational this or that that or whatever. I'm not saying that some things, I'm not saying that preaching a sermon about hell, amen, and doing it from a heart, amen, uh, of anointing won't, won't convince somebody maybe to make a move toward God. But, you know, fear might bring somebody toward God, but it won't keep you there. Amen. Love keeps you there. And the Word of God keeps you there. Praise God. And so these things are, are limited in their scope. But the Word of God is powerful. Amen. And it does everything. But it's the Word that will be there when we stand before God. And we're judged by the Word and not by somebody else what they think or this or that. Praise God. John chapter 12 verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Amen. Amen. So that's why i got to have the word. It's not about how, well, how am I feeling right today or this or that. Yeah, our feelings can go back and forth. It can deceive us sometimes, whatever. But the word of God will never deceive. It'll tell you exactly. It's like looking in a crystal clear mirror. It tells you everything about you. Amen. Whether you want to see it or not, you see it all. When you look in the word, the perfect law of liberty. Amen. Revelation chapter 20 actually talks about when we stand. It talks about this last day. And it said in verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, 
stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Amen. And so those books that were open, we have the book, we have the Bible, which is really, a, it's a book in and of itself, but it's really a collection of books. It's 66 books, 37 old and tw- 39 old and 27 New Testament books. Amen. And the books are opened. Amen. Praise God. I want to be persuaded by his word right now that the word of God is true. And I gotta, I'm going to have to do what it asked me to do. Amen. I want to keep His commands, do those things which are pleasing in His sight. Praise God. And I know He'll confirm. And I know there'll be blessings. And I know there'll be high times and great times of praise. And miraculous times will be associated with the Word. But no matter what, the Word's always going to be there. Praise God. i got to be persuaded. Amen. Praise God. I got to keep, I got to commit to Him my life based on His Word. Praise God. And Paul said, Amen. I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. I'm persuaded about that. And it's because His Word gives me the persuasion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's have a renewed love and interest in the Bible. Amen. Let's, we're about the halfway point of the year now uh, with June 2nd today. Amen. Let's purpose in our heart between now and the end of the year. I'm going to get more acquainted with the Word. I'm going I'm to get into it more. Amen. Yeah, it doesn't mean I have to be a Bible scholar to get into it more. You can just read it. You can just you know, do a little simple cross-referencing and chain referencing and get a simple study Bible, amen, or concordance, and you can just look up subjects and different things. Get the Word in your heart, amen. It is, like I said this morning, it'll help you in your mindfulness toward God and, and just your thought process. Praise God. And it'll help you be persuaded. I'm standing on the Word. Amen. Amen. I might not be feeling this or that, but I'm standing on the Word. It's like a solid rock in my life. Praise God. Let's stand. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.